do you want to just come over tomorrow and just examine my life a little further? Just follow you around. Any little details you just want to. What I'd like to do is just have a notepad. Yeah. And I'll just be like, hmm. And write stuff down occasionally. And you'll be like, what? And I'll just be like, nothing. Hmm. I picture you write something else down. as like a less interesting Lily, Lily Tomlin from uh, High Heart Less Beast. interesting. Yeah. You're going to observe me. Yes. In the bathroom. Yes. Somebody on Instagram just asked if we're going to do To All the Boys 2. Did you watch it? You don't have Netflix. I don't have Netflix. You fucking hero. I, what can I say? <laughs> not a, not all heroes wear capes. We should start every episode of me giving you a goddamn medal because you don't have Netflix. It, it, it upsets you that I don't have Netflix, doesn't it? No. I just try to get in there before you... Mm-hmm. Find some way to be like, oh, but I don't have Netflix. <laughs> I'm just glad it's gotten under your skin. I think you'd be shocked at how little mm-hmm. some of these things sure. you get under my skin. I mean, I suppose I could download it. You watched it, right? I did watch it. Uh, it's not as good as the first one. Okay. I mean, I definitely want to do Nice Out at some point. Mm. And I feel like we kind of need to do Cats at some point whenever that comes out on video. <laughs> That's cruel. I mean, to us or our listeners. Well, whenever you're back in town at some point, I'm not going to watch that on my own. I'll put it that way. No. That's... And there's no one in my personal life that I'm going to drag into a viewing of that to satisfy you. Well, that just means you don't have anyone in your personal life. Then. <laughs> um, no, I. Uh, that that's a podcast where we watch it and then we podcast and just, just go and like immediately just purge it. Yeah. If we're sober enough to form sentences. Uh-huh. When it comes time to record. Anyway. Anyway. It's been a while. It has been like a month. Been like a month. Been busy. Missed out on the, all the Oscar buzz. Did we? I don't know. The Oscars get, I mean, I don't know. It it wasn't as bad this year, but it just feels like they get less and less relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, should we start the pod? Why don't we start the pod? Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. Hi, James. I'm Marco. How are you? I'm through you there. No. No? Take your silence as a maybe. <laughs> I mean, at some point you have to tell people your real name too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, we're back. It's been a little while. As promised, mm. we're doing Joe versus Volcano because Marco wanted to. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, what have you been watching lately? Man, I've been watching a lot of shows lately. Really? Let's start with you. What have you been watching? Nothing at all. Really? Wow. Okay. Um, no, I've been really busy writing. I haven't watched anything. I haven't even watched Picard since, like, I don't know, I watched, like, two and a half episodes of it and haven't caught up on it. Hmm. Hmm. What have you been watching? The aforementioned Star Trek Picard. I uh, had a conversation with a guy who's, a, who's friends with somebody who works on that show the other day and it was me trying to ask so many questions and he's just like oh i don't know my friend hasn't told me that and i haven't watched it it's kind of sucked um yeah star trek picard i watched a show on netflix called the stranger which was dumb uh mm. i started watching people have asked us to watch that or recommended us i started watching a show called the outsider that too which i thought was it's like a stephen king stephen king but it's like in this uh like Bateman's been like carving out a little section for himself of his like writing and directing. Bateman, oh J- Jason Bateman, yeah. Oh, okay. um, so the first episode Patrick I thought was Bateman for a little bit. no, yeah, Patrick Bateman. <laughs> Don't just watch it, eat it. 
Um, yeah, I I didn't know if I liked the first episode, but I was really hooked by the start of the second episode. I've only seen clips of uh, that Ozark show, and I'm just like, why does anyone watch this? It looks so dark and disgusting, like like visually. Yeah, I mean, it I just watched... looks like like it stopped like three three down on the you know aperture or whatever a little bit i mean he's clearly like especially in the outsider you can tell there's a a little fincher vibe to what he's trying to do like like if somebody's trying to do fincher mm. um i'm trying to remember if i watched i know i watched the first season of ozark i might have watched the second Ooh. um what else what else swear to god i'm gonna catch up on nancy drew um yeah i watched the pilot to that and i just wasn't really feeling it Totally, it seems very strange to me. Like they were kind of all over the place. That show could be perfect. Like when we when people ask us, like what's uh, what's a PLL? What will fill the PLL hole? It's like with some tweaks. I feel like that show could could be it. It could be great. It's got the DNA. Possibly the whole supernatural thing is very odd to me. But I just don't know how you do a mystery with that because the answer can always be fucking. It was ghosts or it's supernatural. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the weird thing is is I feel like I'm starting to get a handle on some of it. I mean, for me, the biggest problem is Scott Wolf. He doesn't fit. Oh, he's like her dad. Or yeah, something, he doesn't right? yeah. fit. And like Nancy, what I like about Nancy is, and this bothered me. You and I talked about this, I think, with the the first scene of the pilot. But what I like about Nancy now is that she shows up and she's like, yeah, I'm a girl detective, like a uh, nerd. I can't resist, you know, getting into uh, shenanigans. Trouble. <laughs> mm. But uh, everyone's in this. She's just like, but now I need some dick. <laughs> it just the show seemed to want to both go there and like be too chast to go there at the same well, it's time. Like they're they're really like dining out on the. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It's the summer after high school yeah. ended. Okay. <laughs> Um, the center just started again, which is how many seasons is that three? This is the start of season three. Mm. More sin. It's interesting. Oh yeah, it's interesting. I if it keeps going at the pace it's going, it's going to be annoying. But so far, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's funny because having having watched the first tips of that and having seen Birds of Prey, people are finally getting the Christmas scene that is creepy. Like that's his. I mean, lane. he was creepy on Newsroom, right? He was a a little dirtbag, but he wasn't like that's how you, creepy. That's who I assume he is in real life. Is his character on the newsroom? I assume he's the character in the center, where it's just like you're having a normal situation with your family or in your personal life, and you look out the window, and he's just watching you from across the street. Like that's what I take Christmas Cena to be. Um, God, I feel like I watched something else. I don't know. I'm trying to come to me. Well, um, we both watched something very recently. Do you want to say that to the end? Fantasy Island? Yeah. Might as well because we yeah, might want to get spoilers. spoilers. Or, yeah. <laughs> as if that movie could but, be spoiled. So you've watched some Star Trek Picard. I you watched have, like the first two and a half episodes. Do yeah. you have thoughts? Do you have feelings? Uh, it's nice to see Picard, you know, um, Patrick Stewart as Picard again. It just, it has all the DNA of a kind of mediocre late, you know, 10 to 2010s streaming TV show. And so it's just doing all these like very rote, like tropey things. And it's just like, oh God, it's just kicking the can to? of plot lines down the road. I don't know if it can tell like what tone it wants to take. One of the things I really dislike about the technology of the, this kicked into the future version of TNG is I get the need for like the fucking Tony Stark hologram stuff. Mm. To me, the whole point of Star Trek though, is that you can't just like fly your fucking ship by yourself. Like, 
Because otherwise, it's like, why do we ever need a crew yeah. when people yeah. work together? I mean, uh, I just thought the the intro of the Raffi character was so typical of how TV shows are written now, where like fucking Raffi. You're introducing a character, but it's not enough to like bring them on organically. You have to be like, oh, she's got a gun. She's mad at Picard. We don't know why yet. Like cliffhanger. And then like now we're going to flashback and tell you why oh, they no, hate each no. other. No, it's even worse than that. It's even worse than that. It's prior to that when he's having a chat with like the murder housekeepers who I love. Mm-hmm. And the one guy is just like, you should get your friends. Worf, Riker, right. Jordy. And Picard's like, no, no, they love me so much. They, they well, would do it for me. He's like, you need to find someone who fucking hates you. He's like, yeah, Raffi, because I don't give a shit about her. Yeah, but, but my point is that like, they don't know how to like introduce a character normally, or at least like they don't want to for some reason. They have to like amp it up with like a big like, ooh, these two hate each other. We don't know yet why. And then you're going you're gonna to discover why and flashbacks and stuff throughout the rest of the season, why they don't like each other. I just don't just like, buy it, anything about her character at all. Yeah. I mean, like the whole him resigning thing is fine. Um, I don't believe that Starfleet would just fire her. Yeah, I know. Like they would assign her to some shithole position, but they wouldn't just be like, you're out. <laughs> yeah, like he resigned. Like, why would they? Yeah. This is what I was telling you. It's like, it's like there's Easter eggs. So it's like, okay, obviously the person who wrote this has seen some of Star Trek, but like some of it, it's like you haven't extrapolated where this universe would actually be. Given the big dire consequences, which I'm fine with the whole, you know, Starfleet wasn't Starfleet anymore, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. I just keep thinking of uh, the editor I hired for Trouble. Like one of her notes was like, why are you why are you doling out these like pieces of information about characters backstory throughout half the book? Like, why don't you just tell us like it's not like, why are you making this a mystery? And I was like, well, why am I? Oh, because like I'm used to that from television. But it's like. You don't need to do that. You can just, you know, give that information up front about a character and then like build on the character from there. Or like rather than like treating everything like it's it's a box that needs to be slowly unwrapped, you know. Are you just like done? Uh, I don't know. It's weird because I'm, I'm, you know, not to be mysterious, but I'm like traveling for work a lot. And so I just have my laptop with me, not my usual like big media computer. Um, so I can download stuff to it. But... I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm just really in a writing zone right now. I hope to be done by the end of the month and then maybe it'll be like, okay, time to rejoin the world. Um, That's fair. Go catch up on Picard, finish playing that Jedi Fallen Order game, mm. which I don't know. I, I'm just not sure the point of video games anymore because <laughs> I turned out the difficulty down all the way, you know, to be like, okay, this is, you know, it's too much of a pain in the ass to play on hard mode. Uh-huh. But now it's like, why don't I just go watch the cutscenes? You know, I don't know. It's kind of fun, but it's not like that fun. I guess, I guess I just don't really like the control scheme on it. But it's sad to me that I have watched the cutscenes of that. Yeah, have you probably gone a more to, enjoyable experience to the Night Sister? No, I don't think so. Are you with the second sister? No, I I went to Dathomir briefly to like get this thing. I think that was when I got the double sided lightsaber. Maybe I can't remember. Mm. Um, and then I. I'm going back to some planet I was at before to like, I don't know, explore more shit or something. Gotcha. Yeah, whatever. I I guess I'm just not in much of a Star Wars mood lately. That's fair. It's uh, pretty incredible what a massive biff Lucasfilm has done on the whole franchise. Well, and 
I can't even participate in the people who get excited about a new season of the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just it's not for me. Yeah. I had a lot of frustrations with the Mandalorian. I mean, that last episode was fun, but it was you know, it's a Saturday morning cartoon, like you said. It's not like the logic doesn't hold I, you know, it's yeah. it was just another item of frustration. I just, I just for feel me. so burned after the yeah. Rise of Skywalker too. But doesn't it shock you to find that it's only been two months? Is it like not even quite oh, what's weird two is that months it, since that movie came out? Like if you look at like the promotional stuff that Lucasfilm's doing, it's like they want nothing to do with the movie. Like they no. barely even like no. kind of promote it at all. There's not much merchandise for it or anything. It's weird. I don't know. I think you tweeted something like this. And I don't know half the time what Star Wars Twitter is talking about. And so I spent a lot of time trying to find that out. Mm-hmm. Or like what's the new theme? Like it took me... No joke. It took me a fucking hour to find out what <laughs> so-and-so lost the Star Wars meant. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I had that script. We should eventually we should do like a Greedo podcast. Yeah, you should send that, that to me. Something. I would love I meant to send to say that to you last week. Yeah. I would love to read that. I haven't read it, but I, I know it exists. So it took me like a fucking hour to find out, like, like trace back yeah. the genesis. Why is of everybody this making so-and-so lost the Star Wars jokes? Yeah. Um and people were like changing their Twitter names to that and everything. Um, but it's like you know, whether they tried to half-ass it or not, like, Raylo was content in that movie. And they're really trying not to acknowledge that. They're also... Fucking John Boyega's frustrating the hell out of me. Yeah, I just... I feel like he has become, like, a tool of the fandom menace yeah. to, like, kind of hide behind and be like, see, he agrees with us. And, like, I don't know, it sucks. Well, as you can probably guess, it's hard for some people to admit that they're wrong. Yeah. Especially when they're the tip of the spear of something or other. Although the weird thing about the whole Raylo discourse, which I see some of because of the people I follow online, is that like there's still people out there who are like that kiss was like friendly or something. <laughs> it's like I, I, it was completely half-assed in the movie. I'll give you that. Like yeah, the movie yeah. didn't do a lot of the work it needed to. But like I don't know how you watch that and be like, oh, no, that wasn't romantic. Like how do you? I don't know. I mean, just a lot of people giving yeah. deep kisses to their friends. Sure, like, yeah. Hey, just, man, thanks for helping me move. Like, it was just like a thank you kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But I mean, it's like, it's like a serious breakup I went through six months ago. <laughs> and it's like, I'm still checking like the, the significant others, like social media. Like, what are they doing? Well, it's, what's kind of depressing is that. Are they you, thinking about me? No. I started to think like, oh, maybe this is just, maybe this is just me growing out of the franchise you know maybe the franchise is just not actually willing to grow up at all and that's just how it's going to be from now on it's a saturday morning cartoon only i feel like that's there's a lot of i mean i don't know if there's like a franchise that i truly love or some some element of pop culture that if it on a long enough timeline it won't let me down or what's the thing from south park maybe i'm just getting older you're getting older yeah (laughs) anyway um are you listening to anything uh, I'm trying to think what's the last I, I mean hear songs here and there like no no albums or anything I'm doing that thing I do sometimes where it's like I'll hear a song on a TV show and I'll go download that so nothing really standing out you I'm scrolling through my iTunes as I say this to see if there's something I can think of not really I, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift's Red again just to for the vibe of certain scenes which by the way did you read those or because your, your email only mentioned the first chapter Oh, no, I read all of it. You did? Okay, yeah. we'll talk later. Yeah. Uh, read anything. I want more of, of that flamboyant character. Okay. 
curious about his nationality. Oh, that character. <laughs> okay. No, there's more. I, that, are you sure you read it all? He doesn't come back after that phone call. There's like two more chapters. After yeah, I read that. the rest, okay. the rest of the okay. chapters. I spent like an hour just okay. sitting on couch reading the chapters, but I was like... You're really taken with that guy, huh? He's speaking French, and he's like, I'm Deutsch. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, there you go, kid. mysterious. Spoilers for trouble. There's a French character who might actually be German. <laughs> might have gone too far. Uh, that's, that's a little George Lucas. Might have gone too far at this one. <laughs> um, reading anything? Um, I... Just finished reading a book by an author named Christian Kiefer like the other day. So I'm about to start a book called And I Don't Forgive You by Amber Sparks. Mm. I'm not reading anything. I'm really worried about I'm grinding your, right your, now. Your man. Life on the road. I'm doing like a thousand words a day. Like well, what do you do when you stop writing? I don't know. I'll have to figure out what uh What are you doing when you just like laying in bed about what to fall my asleep? life exists to be, you know, once I finish. What do you, okay, so you've, you've, you've put away the laptop. You're laying uh-huh. in bed. Are you just putting on like the ASMR sex talk? Or what are you, what are you doing to fall asleep? You're it's, not reading? It's not sex talk. But it could be. But it isn't. Okay. But it could be. I mean, I'm sure it exists. But that's not what it's about. I, I don't mean to belittle because I, I get it's a fetish that I don't understand. It's not a fetish. It could be. It could be. It could be. I just don't get it. So it's hard for do me. A, whole podcast on it sometimes you keep threatening that <laughs> and it's like i feel like the the numbers always go up you're like i want to do a half an hour on asmr and it's like i want to do 45 minutes on asmr maybe two hours wow um and like there's only i mean i i made a promise myself a while ago there was only one fetish that i would always go out of my way to make fun of a foot fetish, foot fetish. Yeah. i don't get it <laughs> So is that, I mean, is that what you're doing when you're like done writing? You're not reading anything? You're just like looking at the internet? Uh, yeah, I just like scroll Twitter and then pass out. Oh, that's got to be not good for you right before bed. Yeah. Okay. Almost done. Oh, yeah. About 13,000 words ago. Yeah, it's happening. End of the month. It's happening. People are going to be shocked when Jenny dies at the end of this one. Shh. <laughs> Shall we get to our movie? Yeah. Joe versus the volcano. So, you know, I thought that I had, we'd podcast about this. I think the reason why was I produced an episode of a uh, Hank's watch from friend of the pod crystal where they did this movie. Oh, did they? And like, I was like in the background and I like chimed in a couple times. And so like in my mind, I was like, didn't I just talk about this? So, was this recently? Uh, last summer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, good. I'm glad. Sure. Well, then you have to remind me then what you've said okay i don't remember why don't you give me your opening statement though uh i mean i feel like i should start by saying why i wanted to rewatch this movie and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know okay there was a point where you were like your turn pick a movie and i don't know why this one just like washed up on shore to me but joe versus the volcano um it's a fascinating movie written by a playwright Directed by the playwright, who's probably written 25 to 30 plays. Um, and so it's very interesting to watch this movie, which I haven't seen in like 15 plus years, I feel like. But to have these big cinematic backdrops and these like little instances out of 80s and 90s romantic comedies and then let them play out these little intimate moments against that. This movie is utterly unique. I, 
it definitely feels dated in some regards, but I feel like it strives for that kind of, I don't know, curio existential comedy. Like I've only seen in a much different way from my heart Huckabees, but it's Tom Hanks, it's Meg Ryan, it's odd, it's quirky. You have these little bits of dialogue that work as these like fascinating little nuggets of existential philosophy, which normally I'd say I will take as much of that as you will give me. Um, it's like satirical romantic comedies. Characters speak in this way where subtext often becomes text. Um, but it's a movie about a journey becomes a transformation and also capitalism is evil. I, I feel like I'm really shitting the bed on why this movie, but I would think I could be wrong that this is one of those movies that would be in your personal canon from when, at least when you were younger, like it is mine. When I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those movies where I saw as a kid with my parents when they rented it. And I, I don't know something about it just said, you will come back to this when you maybe can understand it. So maybe that's why we're here. All right. Uh, yeah, this is uh this is a bizarre movie. <laughs> you really just kind of have to go with it and accept its weirdness as part of its charm. It's, kind of intentionally leans into the fairy tale aspect, like right from the start with the tile cards and whatever, the whole once upon a time. Uh, So you can kind of just hand wave away like ridiculous or unrealistic plot elements. Uh, Meg Ryan, America's sweetheart. She's in three roles in this movie, three and a third. Sure. Yeah. She's only really kind of likable in like one of them, maybe one and a half. Yeah. Well, maybe half. Um, (laughs) She's really just going for it with those accents and the little mannerisms. It's, it's just odd. And like Tom Hanks is like, in, he's like in his comedy phase in this. This is before he became more dramatic, which is also strange to see. He's doing a lot of like mugging and goofiness. And uh, it's like it's some real bosom buddy shit. Um, you can see the hints of the more serious performances he'll give later, which makes it extra strange to see like, oh, I, I recognize that face. He kind of does something similar in Saving Private Ryan, only like he's better at it then, you know. I'm not sure that this is really a good movie. It's unique. Goes by pretty quickly. There's a there's like an insubstantiality to it. Maybe because there's so many musical montage scenes like it ends and you're kind of like what even was in that movie? Like it just like you're trying to think of the the big scenes and there's a few of them, but it's like was that really an hour and a half? Uh it's agreeable. I don't know if this maybe has held up as well over the years. Yeah. You know, like ultimately I feel like it like it had a time where it was rising mm-hmm. and it was underrated and it might've peaked and, and started going down at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, what you said, it's not just his portrayal. It's something about the subject matter of the movie with it and how you take him in. You can see where this is kind of the launch pad to a next eon of his career. Um, I mean, like, and I don't, some of it is just future knowledge. Like, some of the shit he's doing on the raft when she's, you know, knocked out, you're just like, I have made fire. You know, like, you just see it. Um, Yeah. But I think that's a good point. It's, it may not be a great movie. It may not be a good movie. I still like it. It's, like I said, it's agreeable. It, um, it goes down easy. I praise. Yeah. I find it most agreeable. Uh, do you have a, how many top moments do you have? I have seven moments. I've got six. Okay, you go first. Um, my number seven moment is, and some of them are just silly. I will admit, just the uh, the suitcase salesman. I just love his All entire right. affect. Just the uh, you know, like Joe was like, I'll be staying on this tiny island. I don't know if I'll be living in a hut or what. He's like very exciting. 
has a luggage problem. I don't know. You live to be a thousand years. I just, I like that guy. <laughs> so my number three honorable mention is when Joe quits. Uh, that was like a good quitting scene. It uh, There's something very satisfying about it. Uh, also my number six, when he's quitting his job and sticking to Dan Hedaya and, and little barbs where he's like monologuing about himself, but also sticking it to his, his chicken shit boss. I don't know if it's the chicken shit because I love his line there. It's just like, I was too chicken shit to live my life. So I sold it to you for $300 a, a week. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The circular logic of it all. But like, I don't know. I've never, I've had some jobs as a teenager that were like shitty, but I think even then I knew this will pass. I've been very lucky not to have the job where I just, just like, this is your fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like I'm, twitching at the fluorescent lights or anything like that i'm i mean i've had jobs that have gotten worse over time but fortunately something has booted me out before <laughs> i had a mullet and i was sick all the time what's right, your so that was your number six too? yeah yeah yeah. uh so honorable mention number two for me is the brain cloud diagnosis i mean <laughs> robert stack he really sells it you know just that voice so definitely I was well, well aware of my family watching Unsolved Mysteries when I first saw this movie and was freaked out by his appearance because he was the Unsolved Mysteries guy to me. And I was just like, Joe, get out. I don't know if I realized, or at least I didn't remember watching it now that that was him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My family would watch that show. But he, just, like, he has such, such a commanding voice that like you kind of buy it, you know. Now he oh, should do ASMR. Oh, the way that he was like. You will come now ironically you know there was nothing wrong with you but it was your hypochondria that you know drove us to do all these tests where we discovered the brain cloud uh so when i were five uh speaking of voices is i'm gonna i'm gonna go there i'm gonna say almost every scene of angelica daddy says i am completely is it untrustworthy. angelica or annette Did I get it's that angelica right? daddy says i am completely untrustworthy i'm a flippity gibbet i'm a flippity gibbet this is my weird la voice Oh, she is everything. Would you like to LA? hear a poem that I wrote? <laughs> Would you like to hear it again? She is everything about LA. She's way overconfident. She's super insecure. She's got a strange voice. It's something. It's she's trying something out. <laughs> yeah. uh, What's weird is that in all the IMDb trivia for this, I really didn't see anything about like what was going on there? Like, were the, was that all her? Was that the director? You know, like whose idea what were those decisions? I looked up something with like the latest edition of a Blu-ray or something. And I don't believe there's a commentary, which I don't, I'm always shocked whenever people do commentaries anymore. Cause I love them, but I feel like they've fallen out of fashion. Yeah. And I don't know if you can get Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan into do a commentary. Yeah, that's, that's tough. But I mean, I would fucking love to hear them talk about this movie. Especially now. Well, you you want it to be a good commentary, not one where they just start like talking about their kids and shit, you know? Yeah. Or uh, as you and I experienced, I don't need every detail about the filming. The, the worst kind of commentary is when it's just a director because yeah. inevitably they just start praising everyone. Oh, so-and-so is so good. Oh, our, our, our fucking like location scout, he was so good finding this place, you know? Oh, we only had two hours of film here. It's just like, this isn't that interesting. It can be. I listened to the Ryan Johnson in theater commentary for Knives Out. This is fine, but like... But there's anecdotes. Bring in... He's talking about why certain story elements are there. Bring in Daniel Craig and Anna Darmus into that commentary booth, you know? Oh, and Chris Evans. They'd have a fucking sure, party. Yeah. 
<sighs> What's your number four? My honorable mention number one is going to be when Joe and Angelica are in the car at makeout point there. It's just so weird. There's one line that I really like from her there. I think I have it all elsewhere in my notes. So basically it's like when she's like, we're not going to have this conversation because we're going to get all emotional and raw. and It's going to be serious and it's not going to cost you anything. And I was like, man, I've, I've been there. It's like where people are like, Oh, I want to hear what you really think. And it's like, I feel like I'm putting everything on the line and you're just like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Come on, that was a good joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number four is... <laughs> I always love this moment. When we finally get to Wu Island or whatever it's called, just the two guys who swing on the ropes into the gongs. <laughs> Man, I got some things to say about the Waponi Wu. And then they have to be carried away on the yeah. stretcher immediately after. Oh, I think they, they at least like in a pre-woke society, they try to cover themselves with their curious ethic. I don't know if it, it, it counts or if it, it's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is the just the intro, like Joe's miserable life experience, mm. the music, just the God, it's like stepping and like mud and you know, potholes full of water and his shoes breaking and there's like the place he works for makes like uh rectal probes and petroleum jelly Home of the rectal probe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love the bit where that's a sign of like so-and-so, you know, like 70 something thousand satisfied customers and it rolls back one. <laughs> I fucking, it's one of those things. It's his job when he get, finally gets to his office and Dan Hedaya is just having the most circular phone conversation. I'm not going to argue that with you. I'm not arguing with you. But that's but, wrong. But can you do the job? That's wrong. Did I say that? If I said that, then I was wrong. If yeah. I said that, then I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you. I fucking I know he can get the job, but can he do the job? I fucking hate that song, but it fits. Well, Chris, it's the start of like all of the motifs are so heavy handed. Like the, the constant soul. I broke my soul. I lost my soul. Uh-huh. The crooked road. The crooked road yeah. symbol. Yeah. Um, My number three is... Almost everything with, but especially the first scene of Aussie Davis, the driver. And he's just like, they just hired me to drive, sir. Not to tell you who you are. And then like, because uh, basically Tom Hanks is just like, where should I go shopping? What should I wear? And he's like on this whole thing about. That's like, like the worst. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, man, I don't make these decisions. Well, he's like, he's like, it's taking my entire life to figure out who I am. And who I am is tired, you know? Uh, uh, my number two is the conversation that Joe has with uh, Patricia on the boat on the cabin when yeah. she comes to his, when, yeah. yeah on the boat and she comes to his cabin I have all of it if you want me to say it oh just the whole thing I, I have it I can do it go for it uh, yes yeah, first line Tweedledee uh, she's telling him what's up with him because it's also my number two and she says sorry this is boring guys uh, I've always kept clear of my father's stuff ever since I got out on my own and now he's pulling me back in he knew I wanted this boat and he used it and he got me working for him which I swore I would never do I feel ashamed because I had a price he named it and now I know about I know that about myself and I could treat you like I did back out on the dock but that would be me kicking myself for selling out which isn't fair to you doesn't make me feel any better I don't know what your situation is but I wanted you to know what mine is not just explain some rude behavior because we're on the little boat for a while and I'm soul sick and you're gonna see that See, what what I liked is all that, but then also when she says, my sister's soul sick too, if you'd slept with her, that would have said something about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that he's just like a little boy in bed, like reading his book. Yeah, it's it's like that early Hanks. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, but like, like with whatever the metaphor of the movie's going on where he needs to grow up. Uh-huh. I mean, some people will argue that like he goes to sleep there and the rest of the movie is a dream. Or well, whatever. When I going back to uh, the brain cloud diagnosis, when he goes to that doctor's office, like the door opens from this like horrible drudgery to the luscious, to most beautiful office this ever. Insane, you yeah. know, well-appointed. Uh, yeah. You could, I don't know if it's that interesting, but you could be like, it yeah. was all a dream from that point forward. You know, there's a couple of those moments. Yeah. Or just that this is like a mental illness that he's dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the more, I don't know, productive way to think about it is that this is a fairy tale. Yeah. And yeah. that it's an intentionally. It literally starts with the, the words once upon a yeah. time. Yeah. I just, I don't know, like a lot of those like theory, you know, yeah. like I, I just don't know how that. Well, it's, it's not, it's not like you're cracking this thing open. Yeah. I mean, go back to spending, go back to like working on like how many years was Bill Murray in the Groundhog Day. That's a better use of some people's time. Well, I wonder if we have the same number one. I wonder indeed. What do you have? Joe's about to jump in the volcano. No, I do not. Uh, well, I'll go first because okay. I, I have it. She's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. I've never been in love with anybody before either. It's great. I'm glad. But the timing stinks. He gives her a little kiss. And he's like, I got to go. No. Um, my number one was when it's a raging storm on the boat. Mm. And he stops her to roll back her little, you know, fisherman's uh, hat there. And kiss her. It's a, that's a nice little kiss there. Yeah. Uh, followed by her hilariously just getting knocked into the water. <laughs> what was interesting is because it was merely a thank you kiss. Yeah, <laughs> that was a purely platonic kiss. Purely platonic. Yeah. The rest of the movie was too. You only got married. I uh, I love everything before the storm. Sets I wanted in. to take your hand yeah. platonically <laughs> when they're like on the deck and there's just like this attack of green gel lights and everything. I was like, ooh, look at this fucking ambiance. All right. Well, general discussion. I don't know where you want to begin. Uh, Tom Hanks with a mullet. Yeah, that is the whole look. I. <laughs> Was it just me or did, were there a lot of moments in this where he looked like Colin Hanks? Ooh. Uh, I yeah. don't know. That was just the age or something about the hair and like, they, cause they're kind of doing something where he has like, like hair, like forward of his ears. Yeah. It kind of like makes his whole head look like a big block. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which like that really gave him like a Colin Hanks look. Cause the physicality of Tom Hanks is something that I haven't obsessed over. It sounds like is what follows, but I've noticed where it's like, you know, he's, as a guy who's gotten older, he's gotten a little thicker, you know? And so like when he was Tom Hanks going into the filming of Castaway, even before he like put on weight for that first part of the movie, it was clearly, he wasn't the same physique as he has here. And then for a while doing press after the second half of Castaway, he clearly had that physique again. Cause he just lost a bunch of weight. I don't know. Um, Tom Hanks, he's America's sweetheart. Yeah. Um, God, that intro. It, it really is, yeah, it's soul crushing. You're just like, oh my God. 50 years of petroleum jelly in erectile <laughs> probes. <laughs> it's just muddy and disgusting. The mud. I'm just like, you don't, you can't even pay for your fucking parking lot. But, you know, that's the point. Well, that parking lot is such a shit show. because They're like, all just throwing their trash on the ground. Yeah. Well, like, where is he parked? Because he has to leave early for a doctor's appointment. Because all those cars are just like parked behind each other. Is the doctor's appointment like, do they have a doctor at the facility? I don't think so. Oh, That's like his three hour lunch that he takes. Yeah. Did you notice how the uh, the look of the factory is like the same 
as the mask at yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of very interesting visual motifs. Like I said, I, this kind of shit that I fucking eat up. These like weird matches to things. Um, I don't know why the, the stupid walking path is the logo for the company, but whatever. The little flower that he, you know, uh, observes and then is stepped on by some woman. It's like it's like a 1980s commercial for computers or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's some 1984 vibes here. Dan Hedaya somehow looks older in this than he did in like Clueless ten years later, or I guess that was probably like six years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have fluorescent lights. Um, we actually see a guy operating the petroleum jelly funnel, which <laughs> He's I thought like disgusting. Cranking it back and forward. Um, but again, this movie executive produced by Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, and Frank Marshall. Yeah, that was uh, that was a wild one. <laughs> I guess they're friends with this guy or something. I don't know. Well, it's like this he, is the first Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks uh, Meg Ryan movie. Yeah, yeah. This is her first movie after after when Harry met. Have Sally. you ever seen Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah, really. Okay. As a kid, I've never seen it. Or you got mail. So. You've never seen you've got mail. I have not. No. I feel like if we did an episode of you've got mail, it'd be wild because there is some absolutely atrocious, horrid shit in that movie, and yet I can I. Fucking society, man. I remember watching that when it first came out and being like, well, no, I, I'll take that back. The third act bothered me as as a teenager. Hmm, okay. it, it's much more bothersome now. What is your favorite Meg Ryan movie? My favorite Meg Ryan movie? In the cut. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's probably When Harry Met Sally. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that movie all the way through. I mean, I've I've seen probably the whole thing you know, in totality, but I don't think I've ever sat and watched it from beginning to end. Really? Yeah. Are we watching when Harry met Sally at some point? No. I mean, we already did in the land of women. That might be my favorite. Although, um, I do have a soft spot in my heart for addicted to love, which is terrible. Do you ever see that movie? That's not the one where Einstein. Oh, what's the one of Einstein? Is that That IQ? Is IQ. Yeah. Then there's one where she's she's like a boxing manager. It was after the Russell Crowe madness. That was yeah. That's there's like an eras of Meg Ryan, and that that's definitely like I don't know. I'm trying to remember Meg Ryan. Does where does in the cut? Are you looking at her filmography? I am. Yeah. Where does in the cut fall in with Proof of Life? Is it before it's or after? after? Okay. See, here's here's the thing too. I I keep wanting to find an outlet to funnel this out to the world. All the people who like Christmas Cena. I think that they're thinking he's Mark Ruffalo and in the cut, and he's not. I think Mindy Kelly might be among them. Because she cast him as like the love interest in her TV show, which I was just like, I don't get that, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want Christmas Cena slithering up to me. Well, like he's in uh, um, Not Gone Girl, but uh, Sharp Objects. He may be seen Oh, yeah, dick. that's right, yeah. He might see some Cena dick, I don't sure, know. Sure, yeah. Um. Yeah, she this was, uh, Dennis Quaid, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Like, she got him off heroin. Mm. <laughs> I don't believe Dennis Quaid has the strength to get himself off heroin. I think she did it for him. Um, Dennis Quaid, though, now creeps me out too. Like he after that breakup, well, that he plays exclusively creeps. That last movie he did, 
uh, what was it called? Like the intruder or something? I can't remember. That's one where the couple moves into the house yeah. and he's like, I used to own this house and I'm just going to stare at your wife. The trailer has this one really creepy shot of him smiling. Like it's like this weird old man smile. That, yeah. Well, even can't in traffic, that out of my head. he's like, oh, I'm a smarmy lawyer who also is going to stare at your wife. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not gone full Randy Quaid, but at least Randy Quaid's honest about his fucking shit. French kiss. She's in that too. That that's the one with um, uh, Fast Times husband Kevin Klein. Yes. Oh Meg, like I never. Well, no, she's not actually in America's Sweethearts. No, but that like is uh, it's kind of like well, I don't it's know. like about a Meg Ryanish character. I think yeah, okay. Julia Roberts is in that. I don't think I saw I saw this movie before I saw when Harry met Sally. So I will say. As a kid, I want to say I didn't know, like, you know, Dee Dee and Angelica, Patricia were all the same person. But I remember having, like, a, like a formative crush on Patricia. Patricia. I see. I would, I would have figured you for an Angelica. Oh, no. Angelica is the, the girl I'm attracted to now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's not like she has a ton to do other than just be, like, is brazenly it, honest. Is it and bad tough. if on your Tinder profile you put looking for somebody who's soul sick? I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Are you doing Tinder? I'm not doing Tinder. I'm not doing Tinder. I've doing? I've heard of it. You swipe, right? Or left or something. I made a joke the other day and apparently the joke was ruined because I didn't know which way you swipe. Ooh. Party foul. <laughs> it's like I feel like I had to let me explain this joke again. Oh fuck you people. Our friend Steve is on Tinder, right? Oh, of course he is. What's the one Bumble? that's like is that the one where it's like it's like Tinder but it's a little more or a little more exclusive because the ladies have more power? Bumble, they have to message you, I think. Okay. You can't message them. There was a phenomenon on the internet for a while when celebrities were promoting things, and it'd be like, I don't know what publication, like BuzzFeed or Vanity Fair, and they'd be like, here's a video where we give this celebrity our our interns like Tinder profile and let them message people, and it's always fucking weird. Um, yeah, I know you can get the job, but can you do the job? What that, if all your what if all your Tinder conversations were just Dan Hedaya lines from this movie? That conversation is maddening. Harry, I'm not arguing that with you. I'm not arguing that. And they really like they do it long enough to the point where you're like, okay, I fucking get it. Come on, man. Must have been so fun to film. <laughs> Dee Dee, uh, Meg Ryan's Dee Dee is like constantly like like blowing in her asthma inhaler and just like wiping her nose and it. The way it shot everything, everything is like the camera's up at like ceiling level, looking down. Flicker, like, yeah, yeah, the constant flicker. God, what a hellhole! Danadea has artificial testicles prototype on his desk, that, <laughs> but like like a trophy. But it's, it's <laughs> like he's got your balls as a trophy. But it's like this whole job is about like like cuckolding you or something, you yeah. know, like making you less of a man. But so Dee Dee walks over, and again, this movie's on the nose to a certain degree, and it's like again the the subtext and the text are interchangeable at times. And she's just like, "Hey, Joe, what's with the shoe?" And he's like. Oh, I'm losing my soul. Her whole DD thing, she's got like a few mannerisms, you know, like the kind of like shrug, like look up, you know, like kind of like bashful eye roll type thing. As a kid, I was, I, it was like fucking Fallon at the end of the prestige. I had no idea who these characters were. I think as a kid, I was just like, Joe, why'd you have to tell her you were dying, man? It was going well for you there. <laughs> as a kid, you were like, you almost got it locked up, Joe. I, yeah, I kind of remember thinking that. Like, why did you say that, Joe? You ruined it. 
I do definitely remember from a kid her whole like, you're freaking me out. Yeah, she's got to go, man. She can't handle it. Well, it's even before that. It's when they're in the restaurant where he's just like being brutally honest in a way that she's not used to. Um, but yeah, like the, you know, there's like these relatable lines like, I don't feel good. So what? Nobody feels good after childhood. Oh, and he's like constantly like feeling his like glands in his neck and stuff. Ugh. I've only watched maybe a season of BoJack Horseman, but I feel like this is the precursor to that kind of, I don't know, people getting in touch with their radically sensitive side. Is blotchy something you can feel? Because he says he's blotchy many times. Blotchy is certainly something you can think you can feel. Hmm. Uh, so we get this fascinating match cut from Tom Hanks rubbing his face in the office to like rubbing his face in the waiting room as the doctor's office and the nurse is like calling him out of the reverie. A lot of rubbing faces, yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of a terrible joke I heard as a kid. Do you want to tell it? I think it's wildly oh, sexist. Okay. We'll skip that one then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, this nurse's office where it's, uh, I mean, it's like Brazil pretty much, you know? And then like the door, I mean, the movie Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the door opens and it's just like this amazing like Rich, office library. Oaky. Yeah. yeah. There's like a sterile drabness to the waiting room. Yeah, and then fucking Robert Stack just walks in. Put that guy in a lab coat. He could tell me anything, and I would believe oh, it. Oh, for sure. For sure. You have a brain cloud. Yeah, he's... Robert Stack, though, so... I have this whole thing later on in my notes about, like, Lloyd Bridges and Leslie Nielsen. I don't really know what Robert Stack's career was prior to Unsolved Mysteries. I, I know he had one, but yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, he had to be some kind of name, I think, to get that gig, but he's just so... Nobody knows what happened to the perpetrator after that night. And like some fucking spooky what was music. Your, what was your favorite kind of unsolved mystery? Um, there were some where it really felt spooky. Like no one knows what happened to them. They just disappeared into the ether or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, oh, shit. I, mean, I think I generally liked all the, the murders. The um, the, like the maybe it was UFO stuff was all kind of eh. For it me. was weird that the show would grab. It was like a precursor to true crime. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm surprised that people aren't. I was like the update. Yeah. I wonder if there's like ten unsolved mysteries podcasts out there. Like, oh, I'm sure there's fucking twenty of them at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Hanks should never have a mullet. No, it's it's not right. You know what this hair kind of reminds me of a little bit is uh. They're really just truly awful hair that all the hobbits have in uh, the Lord of the Rings movies. Were they mulletish? Well, they it's this thing like I was describing it's, earlier it's where the the hair is like in front of their ears. Okay, and it hangs down low enough so it looks like they have no no like like cheek separation to their neck. It looks like their heads are just like these like square or rectangular blocks. You know, like the like the their neck looks like as wide as their face. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like okay. It it just it makes them look really weird, like they have like weird bloated necks because the way their hair like their hair is like blocking off the sides of their face, so it looks like their head just goes straight up and down. Sorry, I'm gassy from those movie theater hot dogs. Sure, and the beer is only adding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a little bit of a ten ninety, like ten percent business in the front, ninety seven percent party in the back. Um, it's hideous. I wonder if he like put on weight for this or something because he he really looks like a fucking zombie. It was like a zombie, but he does not look like he's put on weight. Well, just his it face, his face looks very puffy. Well, that might be the blotchy. Yeah, blotchy. And yeah. you can feel it. 
Yeah, there's nothing wrong with him except for the terminal disease. <laughs> I, I just love that line. The, also notice that there is a porcelain duck on the mantle of the office. There's also a weird moon ball thing on the desk. Thing. Yeah. So the first one is a clue. I think that the doctor is a quack, but obviously ducks will return in this movie. Well, he, he exits this medical building and it's just like this like, God, the shot must be like two minutes long. If it just like him standing there as the camera pans out and then like a woman walks by with a dog and he like hugs the dog. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on. Been there. Um, are you are you watching it right now? Uh-huh. What's the time code of him like walking out of the doctor's office? Uh like roughly. Let's see. I mean, he first exits it. It's like fifteen forty or so. I mean, this first fifteen minutes are so bleak. Yeah. That you're almost like relieved when he's been diagnosed with a terminal illness. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like the, exp- the movie reminded me of expressions I would hear as a kid when he comes back from lunch and he finally opens and closes the main drain. And I feel like I would hear that wafting throughout my childhood. I don't really know what that means. I think it's a dick thing. That's when you're, uh, draining the main vein. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's, uh, from Roadhouse. Oh, Seminole. Yeah. That's Nothing what- happened. You know how long I've been wondering what happened if I did that? That's, that's relatable. I gotta turn it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would like to think that this movie caused a momentary like uh, kick in the balls to like fluorescent light socks stocks, these zombie lights. It's really awful. I have them suck, suck, sucking. The, I can feel them suck, suck, sucking the life out of my eyeballs. <laughs> I just he just goes off on. It. I mean, he's just all he's just has oh, the he fucking just, floor. It's here. the heroic quitting, and then like, oh, one last thing. You want to go out with me? Yeah. Boom, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just waiting for, because again, movies that I've only kind of seen part of, they've entered the conversation, just a, who's coming with me? <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some good lines. You're like, these lights don't give you a headache, then you must be dead. So let's arrange a funeral. I don't know. I, I've never fully gotten to the, like, in my bedroom, rehearsing my one-man show, heroic quitting of a job. I don't think I've ever gotten there. I definitely had jobs I wanted to quit, though. I've had jobs that I have quitted in like a really shitty way. Or just by like not showing up. Or... Like a voicemail. Oh, I have one where I just didn't show up. But they didn't call. So I think it was mutual. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you mentally acted out like, nah. the monologue? Nah. What was that scanning job? I feel like that was, what was the most, what was the nadir for you? Was that or the, you had like one temporary job around there. I mean, that job definitely sucked. That was dreary as hell. I mean, that casino job was never fun. Mm, mm. But that was like, I don't know, different kind of emotions. Like, that was... Uh, You're like, I just want to hurt myself. That was... Uh, what was that movie? Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That was that kind of vibe. I think that's a Scorsese movie it, no one talks about. Is it like Tom Sizemore or John Goodman who's just bashing the... Uh, Sizemore. It, Sizemore's just end. beating the shit out of the engine of his uh, ambulance at the end. Can I share with you an insane Nick Cage fact that I learned the other day? Sure. So um, Patricia Arquette's in that movie, right? Sure. She's the love if interest. You say so. They promoted that movie. They were married at that point. They had gotten married like five or six years earlier. They had actually separated like less than a year after they got married and just publicly stayed together. Interesting. They would just like go as each other's dates to like premieres or whatever, which is so fucking weird I wonder, to me. Did him and David Arquette ever have any rollover is what I wonder. That's what? Like uh, just like, like acquaintances. Well, it's her brother, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, was there ever like a family dinner or something where like Nick Cage and David Arquette were in the same room? I have to think so. 
I mean, do you feel like, well, I don't know. I was going to say, Arquette's not ever really trying to do a Nick Cage thing. I feel like they have a little bit of a similar energy, though. Not not entirely, but. Apparently, Nick Cage has a, uh, he's coined a term for his acting style. Oh. Nouveau shamanic. Okay. That's the real thing he said. I find it very haunting and ethereal. Uh, I just I was reading I was doing like a Wikipedia dive on him the other day and it's just oh, that was like, a Meg Ryan movie right City of Angels City of Angels yeah yeah, yeah. gave us that good all song don't want the world to see me yeah like he bought a castle and then he couldn't afford the castle but he wanted to buy another castle so he's like selling the one castle and trying to afford the other castle he's naming his kids Kal El he's like flipping castles yeah he's flipping castles and not even a weird runner way and then the fact that. There's costume fittings for a Superman movie. <laughs> anyway, so um, Joe and Dee Dee go out to dinner. And <laughs> at one point, I wrote this down. He's like, the door to the universe is you. And she's like, me? There's interesting color stuff going on. Like, Let me out- go back to his place especially. Well, outside the restaurant, when they go to, I don't know where this is in New York, but like somewhere where you can see the whole city. Like, I guess they're... They're not on Manhattan. They're like across the they're, river. They're in Staten Island. That's where he yeah. lives or works. And but the city's all lit up in like uh, like green and yellow and red and it's orange. Almost, it's almost film noir esque, except there's there's you know a little more color. It's, it's like almost Dick Tracy esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then when they go to his place, like all the windows are like different gel lights. You know, basically yeah. like purple, green, it's yellow. Just, color has just entered this movie in an insane way. I mean, yeah. I feel like it could be quite jarring. The, the back and forth of the color scheme of this movie. Um, well, and then she's ready to go, and he's just like, whoa, 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 I'm dying, by the way. Yeah. Uh-uh. She's not, she's not down for that. I kind of wonder what would happen if I use that now. What, that you're dying? Yeah. Go for it. Well, I mean, if they stay. Put that in your Tinder profile. I'm dying? Yeah. Ooh. But, I mean, if they stay after that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, you, gotta, you got some work to do. <laughs> I always miss the fucking you don't see it anymore in, in fiction thank god but like the fucking like Chandler Bing-esque like I've told a lie that I'm going out of the country for a breakup <laughs> and now I have to go buy a plane ticket to Lithuania um, side sidebar there Dick Tracy can you see us doing Dick Tracy at some point I cannot no no love for Dick Tracy I watched that movie once when I was like 10 and it didn't leave much of an impact on me okay okay I at when I was a kid in anticipation of that movie, I was fucking obsessed. Okay. Um, yeah, so she's gone. This is like the next morning after his diagnosis. And Lloyd Bridges shows up. Yeah. And he doesn't think it's suspicious at all that his doctor completely violated HIPAA rules. No. To tell this guy his whole condition. I fucking love. Did HIPAA exist back then? I don't, I don't think know. So. I don't think but so. still, that's pretty unethical. Yeah. I fucking love. Lloyd Bridges' whole affect. He just walks in. He's just like, not a nice place you have here, Joe. I felt like he was a little bit too hot shots for me. Well, but that's the thing is Lloyd Bridges, like Leslie Nielsen, these are guys who had whole decades long serious careers. There's a whole generation, like you and me and people after us, who only remember them from airplane, from hot shots, uh, yeah. from naked gun. Um, miss the fuck out of this. He's this got the weird hat. Got a weird hat. He's got a, a head of a duck on his cane. Mr. He just like bashes a hole in Joe's wall for no reason at all. The weird pattern from the company's uh-huh. corner of the wall. Also, I'm always fascinated by the things with the developers where they would take a building in New York and like turn it into like 50 
small apartments. In that regard, if you look at Joe's apartment there, the wall literally goes down the middle of the fireplace, if I remember correctly. The wall goes down? Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's just cut in half. <laughs> so this this deal is shit. It's just like, hey, you've got, I think he's supposed to have four, four and a half, five good months left. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, I need you to go jump in this volcano in like a couple days. Mm-hmm. Just just get it over with, basically. Like, here's some credit cards. Have a fun night on the town. And then tomorrow you're gonna get on you're gonna fly out, get on a boat, and go. Yeah, it's like, hey man, like you give me a few months, maybe a couple months on those credit cards, and yeah, then I'll seriously. do it. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, because Tom Hanks is like he's going on a date with Dee Dee, but he's still kind of <laughs> sexless in this movie like he's not I mean, when does tom hanks really get it in movies that's a great question is tom hanks ever really horny i mean i haven't seen sleepless in seattle or you've got mail so i don't know how it's it's how not like he really turns into michael douglas in that movie <laughs> like are they even like i don't know consummating the relationship in those movies or no i mean it's it's kind of the wholesome thing that that i think is partially white people were so enamored with to all the boys though to all the boys is horny. It's not just wholesome. It's also, there's a horny contingent. There's a little T on Z there. There's a little T on Z in there. Well, just that fucking hot tub scene. Holy shit. Um, there's not one moment of that in the sequel. Really? The but horniness you mean? There's not any horniness at all, which okay. is outrageous. Put, um, put a little of that into trouble. <laughs> it'll get you into trouble um yeah like yeah i don't know what movies he's gotten like i mean laid in, in. in uh the best baseball movie ever made a league of their own he is kind of suggested as a possible love interest but then it's kind of like no bill pullman showed up time to back off dude well it's 1990s bill pullman um but also it's lone star man lone star it's just kind think of funny if they made a, a Spaceballs two, they could have a scene where young Lone Star played by uh, Bill Pullman's kid, Lewis Pullman, could uh, get his fucking name from some imperial officer. You know, some Spaceballs guy could be like, "Oh, you don't have any family? We'll call you Lone Star." <laughs> All right, All Star. That's What's not even name? a parody. That was in the real movie. What's your name, All Star? Yeah. Oh, it's just me. I'll call you Lone Star. <laughs> Wink at the camera. End of movie. Joke over. Um. And yet, League of the Own is like the first time I think we really actually reference Tom Hanks's like penis. Well, I like mean, I never watched pissing. Bosom Buddies, but I feel like that would have come up. Oh, you mean Peter Scolari, the other dick? Yeah, yeah. Well, the the whole, as far as I know, it's like them pretending to be women, right? Yeah, but it's it's so that they can get like a cheap apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I feel like I don't know. There's there's an applied penis there. Yes. Ooh, I wonder. I wonder if that holds up. Probably not. But there's some uncomfortable (laughs) comments there. Um, I mean, he was, I don't know, getting a little frisky with uh, the man with one red shoe and Carrie Fisher, right? I think he might get laid there. Yeah, that's a very sexual movie. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Laurie Singer's like dress. Mm -hmm. That's a good movie. Um, Or I remember it being a really good movie. I've never seen Sully. I listened to the Hanks watch about it and then I watched... Like a single seems, YouTube clip? It seems like I could not stand to watch any Clint Eastwood movie from the last 10 years at least. That's fair. I mean, there's a there's a YouTube clip that I watch where he's like, 
doing the testimony. And I mean, I, I thought you were going to say he's doing something else. Yeah. No, no, I don't think no, that's flight with Denzel Washington. This is silly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Aaron Eckhart's like tugging him under the table or anything. <laughs> Better movie. Oh, Aaron Eckhart, you're, you're, you're missing the obvious joke about that chin. <laughs> I mean, once a plane crashes, why you just turn the movie off? Like, yeah, I don't, yeah who cares? <laughs> That's a whole running bit in uh, um, Friends of Benefits with Timberlake and Mila Kunis, where he's just like, the guy just landed an airplane. We're calling him a hero. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you not have Tom Hanks' filmography up? I'm not sure I could pull it up. Is, are, are we not wanting to talk about this movie? Is that what part of what's going on I here? think we're just having fun. Yeah. Anyway, we, we eventually... He, he slaps down a fucking diner's card among those credit <laughs> cards. Like, yeah, but so the deal is you can go like shopping today, have a quote-unquote night on the town tonight. You're going to get on get a plane, on a plane tomorrow, tomorrow and then the day after tomorrow in LA, you're going to have a boat environmental catastrophe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do that movie. What movie is that? The day after tomorrow. Oh, I've never seen it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I've never seen it. Ah, uh, was it Jill Hall and uh, Dennis Quaid? Young Emmy Rossum. Yeah. Oh, Emmy, young Emmy Rossum. Ian Holt. Who's Ian Holt? Or, uh, sorry. Ian Holm. Oh, Ian Holm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who Ian Holt is. <laughs> Anyways, I will scroll through Tom Hanks' filmography to see uh, how much he fucks. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a bit with Fosse Davis, too, where like they're trying on tuxes, and it's like, I feel like I'm getting married. I feel like I'm giving you away. <laughs> yeah. I like the bit where he's just like, what are you doing for dinner? And he's just like, yeah, I'm going home, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this like, shopping montage is fascinating, just because you have this era of pretty women. Splash. That was a horny movie. Do they actually fuck in that movie? I, I'm not sure. It's a Ron Howard movie, right? Yeah. I never. I was never allowed to watch it because, like, does she actually get naked in it, or it's like there's implied nakedness? I just I know I wasn't allowed to watch she it. She doesn't. Daryl Hannah, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I don't know why people are not talking about this more. I'm pretty sure the first time we see mermaid genitalia is in the lighthouse. It definitely haunted me. Because I'm sorry, am I it the only one to haunt me. who's wondered? <laughs> well, Robert Eggers wondered. Yeah, good for you, buddy. Uh, bachelor party. Because I've seen the people haven't who haven't seen it, but that seems like a good oh, I bet, I bet he, I bet he's either like just fucked or he's about to fuck, or maybe that's the joke is that he can't fuck. Well, like a lot of these movies, like the Money Pit, which I remember seeing a lot as a kid and loving. I don't think he's big as uh. Well, that's something. well, that's he does he does get laid in big. Does he get laid or he, does he just laid. touch a boob? I think he gets laid, and later on she finds out that he was a kid. I feel like he oh, just touches shit. a boob. Maybe he gets laid though. I think he plays chopsticks like horizontally with her. (laughs) The burbs. That's classic. Is there any fucking in the burbs? Isn't the wife? No, the wife just takes off. Yeah. 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 I can't remember why he's home all the time. Is he like laid off or something? I don't recall. It's been a while. Yeah. Like that movie, like it's like shockingly surreal, right? Not, not as much as this movie. No, 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 no. It's not like Joe versus volcano, but. but it's like ultimately his, his like ridiculous paranoia he's right like it's out. all it's all real it's not par- but like, yeah. like it's like like there's like crazy lights and okay have you seen that movie yeah i've seen the burbs okay. probably saw it like 15 times as a kid but it's been 20 years does, does woody from toy story does he fuck bo peep i want to see the first two yeah me too i never saw the third or fourth one i always feel like i'm missing something when people talk about three and then i eh. guess four is kind of controversial 
I have no idea. Because of uh, Forky? Forky? There's a character called Forky? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, it won an Oscar. Yay. I watched the Nerdwriter video about the different uh, mimicked lenses. Okay. It sounded interesting. Um, the shopping montage is fascinating because this is the era of pretty women, which I think we talk about the shopping montage with, and which if I remember correctly, Richard Gere pays a, a lovely sex worker, a lovely female sex pretty worker. Woman? I mean, what did I say? He said pretty women. I, was oh, I, like, I meant pretty woman. Okay. Woman. Yeah. I was like, there were pretty women. Then? <laughs> well, let's, let's be real. There were pretty women, yeah. but he pays this lovely female sex worker for sex. But he's also like, here's some of my credit cards, buy some shit. Cause that's also my fetish. Um, I mean, if you, if this was you, but, but like, Lloyd Bridges do you, do is doing buy? the same thing here yeah. with Joe to buy his app. Well, if I'm Joe and I'm getting on a plane and then like getting on a boat, I guess I'm doing like he is. I'm buying shit for my trip. The stuff he buys is fairly boring, but I guess you'd probably want to get, you know, like survivalist gear. I don't know. I mean, I feel like an asshole looking those trunks around. I would never buy those trunks. That's an interesting luggage problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, but again, the subtext becomes text wildly. Like you've got to drag all of your baggage with you. Um, I would like money's no object for me. I would buy shit that I just gave away to people because fuck this guy. I'm not even getting my full five months. Yeah, I would. I would. I would be trying to spend as much as possible on whatever you know like hey hey I'll buy the whole fucking hotel bar around like you know like parents tab that kind of thing but i mean i think it's 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 the grand inquisitor from dostoevsky coming to me and being like you should have never given me five months to live i would just waste them you know what i mean i mean i probably would put it some places i shouldn't but also like i'll go binge some show i never i, I always said i was going to finish you know what i mean i just remembered something i wanted to put in the book and forgot okay <laughs> Do we need a moment while you write this down? No, I, I think I'll, I'll remember and rewrite if, if not now. Okay. Um, yeah, he's just like, yeah, have you ever thought about lug- much about luggage, Mr. Banks? No, I guess I haven't. It's the central preoccupation of my life. I like the bit where he gets to LA and she's like, what do you think? And he's like, everything looks fake. I think I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I have that down right next. But So she's also the voice of the flight attendant. So that's like your three and one third roles. Um, when they go out to the restaurant and she's like, they look like little monsters, don't they? But they're good little monsters. <laughs> what the just... fuck is she doing? <laughs> I don't she'd know. already done when Harry met Sally. So she's already like, I feel like a supernova star, right? Like, I wonder if it's one of those things where like it hadn't come out yet. I don't know. No, they had to have had some time there. But Robert Langdon, does he fuck? No. He doesn't. Doesn't he like kind of get a girlfriend in, in each movie? He fucks in the books. He like kind of gets a girlfriend, but it's never totally clear if it's a well, I've romance. Only seen the, I've only seen the first two. I never saw Inferno. Oh, Inner Space. That's the movie I can think of. That is my favorite Meg Ryan movie. Oh, that's right. She's in that with Yeah, with Dennis Quaid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what I think that's where they met. When Harry Met Sally is 89, Joe versus Volcano is 90. So it's possible that that they filmed Joe versus Volcano before when Harry and Sally came out. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's the story with uh, Richard Dreyfus and Jaws is that there was like, yeah, no it's way like he six was, months between the movies. So. There was like no way he was going to do it because like some movie he just done was going to be his big thing. And then he saw a preview of it and he was like, holy shit, this is trash. <laughs> I need to get into a movie quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she's she's everything about Southern California, LA combined. I, I 
I feel like I would have hated her when I was a kid, but like I kind of love Angelica now. So she has, she does this like Roy Lichtenstein type painting that they then match cut to the lookout point thing. And the thing actually says, this is a real scene, which I guess there's levels there. Yeah. Um, she reads her poem for him twice. Do you have it? That's great. Um, I can find it probably. It's, it's not much of a poem. <laughs> just the comedicness of her just being like, do you want to hear it again? <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if I can find it here. Angelica, where are you? She's a flippity gerbit. I'm a flippity gerbit. I'm completely untrustworthy. <laughs> I just love that. That's like the. First Did you ever thing. think about killing yourself? Well, so that's the conversation. She's like, it's like she's got this like fear to go out and try things and live. He's well, like, see, that was a weird moment because I feel like he's like, no, you shouldn't do that. But it's like, Joe, you're going to. But like, I feel like, I don't know. It's like. It, there's something there that like they could hit, but they don't No, And he's like trying to like talk her into like taking the leap or whatever, like quote unquote, he's going to take a leap. And then she's just like, it doesn't cost you anything to have this conversation. And she repeatedly says like, I have no response to that. I have no response to that. God damn it. Where is this? Which is, which is a uh, proto. Okay, man. Okay. There's a movie we could do. Oh, man, that would be a four-hour podcast. I'm so sorry. Would you like to hear one of my poems? <laughs> yes, please. Long ago, the delicate tangles of his hair covered the emptiness of my hand. Would you like to hear it again? Long ago, the delicate tangles of his hair covered the emptiness of my hand. I want as much of Angelica as you'll give me. <laughs> What's weird is that, like, it feels like we barely get any of her. No, I know. Yeah. Even though, yeah. like, I, I, I can only see what's all the musical montages. It must take up, like, half the movie or something. So, again, going back to this movie, having not seen it in so many years, I was looking up something while I was waiting for it to download or whatever the hell. And it was just like, oh, written and directed by, by John Patrick Shanley. And he also contributed two songs. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? That's, that's always a worrisome thing to me. Um, so when they're overlooking Los Angeles and her convertible... Her license plate in the rear says bad girl with two A's. Then when she's dropping him back at the hotel the next thing, the front plate reads good girl. Yeah. I mean, there's like a whole maiden crone goddess Joseph Campbell thing to all of this. Which one's the crone? I think. Dee Dee? I, I, well, that's a good question. I think the crone is supposed to be angelic. I think I, I read some other trio over them i can't remember what it was though but yeah i i mean this movie invites uh symbolic analysis it's one of those movies where i i I think it's supposed to be oblique enough that you can put your own meaning and then you watch it two years later and it means something different to you and she definitely invites herself up to his room and he's just like nah which which you know spoiler if we ever do life aquatic is a movie it's very similar for me i feel like every time i watch that movie because i probably watch it no more than once a year but it means something different to me each time um. Yeah, but so when we meet Patricia there on the docks, I, I feel like Patricia is supposed love to Meg be Ryan. like you know good Meg Ryan because she's just got the blonde hair and hell yeah she's she got does. a she's got a little bit of a snarky attitude but not too much she she's like snarky for like two minutes and then like she completely softens on him and it's just like you know like oh pouring her heart out to him by the end of the day looks like that outfit's wearing you Felix yeah it's a lot of Felix jokes. 
the Tweedledee and the Tweedledum yachts here. They're like sailing by yacht to like, I don't know, like hide it from his competitors or something. I think is what he says. Because there's some kind of, what is it? There's like some kind of element or something on the island. I can't remember the name of it, but it's unobtainium. Basically, yeah, he needs yeah. it for his superconductors. Yeah. And the the Wutani are obsessive orange soda. Yeah. When do we talk? We'll, we'll wait to talk about the Waponi Woo for Wuponi, now. But. yeah. Um, yeah, Wutani, Wutani Wayland. Is that what I'm thinking of? Never mind. Wayland Utani. Wayland Utani. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's a bit moment where like the boat's leaving. We get this brief moment where Angelica like waves goodbye to Joe. And it's like she seems more confident. I took it, I guess, as her experience meeting him was positive, the catalyst for something better, uh, which is cool. He's gonna go jump in a volcano. Um, they have like a whole like like candlelit dinner like right in front of the uh, the steering wheel. Yeah, in front of the, the steering boat. wheel. Yeah, <laughs> Do they call that steering wheel. That's I don't know the helm. I don't know what they call that. I don't know. You have helmsmen, I know. Yeah, I think the helm is the general apparatus, but that... The till? Well, till's where you put the uh, the money. Isn't that also a till, though? I don't know. I don't know. Google. I'm not really sure where starboard is. Yeah. You don't know what starboard is? I think aft is the back, right? Aft is the back, yeah. Starboard's either the left or the right. It's the right. Okay. Port's the left. Okay. What's the front? Uh, the four, maybe? Sorry, I feel you, like you've just that, reached the limit of my knowledge. I feel like all of that you could have just starboard me. and port, and that was it. So, okay, when you're on the app, do you swipe starboard or port? I, I, I don't know. To is, be there, is there like a I nautical? Think swiping right is good. Is there a nautical Tinder? Nautical is there like tinder. a? Is there like the farmer one? It's like plenty of fishes. Oh, that's like the like the Jesus one or something, right? Oof, never mind. Yeah, that Ben Affleck movie seems like a Jesus movie, right? Oh, like a secret Jesus movie yeah. like where he's a coach or something? Once the one kid says we got to have faith, I was yeah. like, Ugh. Well, I mean, not like the rest of that trailer is any better. No. Um, it's like, really? You couldn't bend over backwards and take a Batman movie up the ass? I don't think they wanted him anymore. I wonder. I really wonder. Um, he's he's a, he's kind of thick. He's a thick boy. He's a, he's a Batmobile. He's a big man. Um, Amanda Plummer's in this movie briefly. She has always been an entity Dagmar. that freaks me out. Yeah. From Pulp Fiction to So I Married an Axe Murder, she freaks me the fuck out. This movie too. Especially during the uh, the fishing montage, it seems like she's making eyes at Joe. And I was like, I don't remember this. I don't like this. I think it's more like he's not, Joe's not like getting anything from Patricia. So he's got to like kind of do his mugging no. for uh, Dagmar or whatever her name is. <laughs> Dagmar, the cleft jaw there. Um, that's like the move where it's like I'm gonna like do this with her, and then it'll kind of hopefully like reflect back to Patricia. Like they'll talk or something later, you know. That guy's so funny. That's weird. Uh, that reminds me of something completely unrelated. Since this is an episode of tangents, where are you and you now? I just watched the one episode. That's another show I need to get back to. Okay, let me ask you about Joe. Uh-huh. Do you think Joe is just a good-looking guy because he's what's his name with the fake-sounding name from Gossip Girl? Or do you think he legitimately has game that works? You mean like in the show? Yeah, in the show. It goes back and forth because there are times when it's like, damn, he's smooth. And there are other times where you're just like, oh, Joe, what are you doing? But he seems smooth and like the like, look at me, I'm a good boyfriend kind of way, which is different from the like making this happen. I, I think he has some amount of game, but okay. it's like it's kind of it comes and goes. Oh, and, and it's hard to say because the show kind of plays with perspective. Mm. You 
don't know for certain how much gaming actually has, you know, because that's a that's a real thing is, is, you know, what you're bringing to the table versus the game you're providing. I don't know. I guess in Joe's case, you recharge that by cranking your hog on people's doorstep. So the yacht is eventually brought down by some of the crooked road lightning. Yeah. R.I.P. Dagmar. Oh, they, yeah. we, they got the uh, the fishing sequence with the incredibly fake looking hammerhead shark. Which he freaks the fuck out about. Well, it's it's even a thing where like Tom Hanks is laughing for like a second and then he freaks out about it too. It's, I don't know, it's such a weird scene. And it's like, you can tell they shot that all on a soundstage. Like, yeah. there's a lot of framing where you don't see any water at all. Oh, the same thing for when they get onto the... Uh, on the raft. Yeah, the, the raft. Yeah. So, of course, the four steamer trunks can be tied together to make a raft. He... Good thing she had like a bunch of rope around her when she got knocked. It is a really hilarious shot of her getting bonked in the like whatever stunt woman or stunt man that was. Good job. So there's water like Perrier in that violin case wine thing that he bought. So he's giving her like water out of the cap of that. He bought that super large umbrella. So he's keeping her face out of the sun. He's trying to play golf. He's trying to play golf. He's like holding like his little putt putt thing. Yeah, he's holding his hands out to the heavens like he did at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which I think here he's saying, I'm free. I don't know. I feel like the movie's trying to touch on some sort of uh, acknowledgement of a higher power or something that just sails right past me. Yeah, the the moon thing, I want to like it, except the whole, like, there's it's, it's, it's agnostic as opposed to, I don't know, more blatantly. It's not, uh, I don't know, den- denominational, I guess. You'd yeah, say. it's not denominational, but whatever. Um, yeah, so then the Waponi Woo. Yeah. It's based on Romans, Druids, Jews, and Celts. They, Wild. They Wild. really try to, like, even somehow they knew even back in, like, the, you know, 1990 that, like, oh, this is a little problematic. And so they, they try to say, well, this was, like, a, a, a ship of, like, Irish Jews who, like, got blown off course by a monsoon or something and ended up in the South Pacific and... You yeah. know, like colonize the local. Yeah, it's it's a problem still. Well, it's like we're we're casting some like native islanders. So who are you casting? Uh, Abe Vigoda and Nathan Lane. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's <laughs> they they really try to be like, no, it's okay that these are all a bunch of goofy white people because like this isn't a typical you know South Pacific tribe. But it's still it, it's basically like we're gonna be super goofy. And we can like do all these jokes and it's okay because this isn't a real tribe, but it's like, but you're kind of still making fun of people from right. the South Pacific. Right. And you're like that. You don't get a, like a, a free, you know, get out of jail free card or anything like that. And, and Ava Goda is basically the con from, from uh, Jim Cotta. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, that, I, see, I, I, I don't think you could make this movie now because I don't know what you do with the Waponi Woo. There's just, no way that you can be as goofy with a, a tribe like this, you know. Let me please invite anyone to not ever remake this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think this is a property that would like probably not now. get you anything. Yeah. Um, which man, talk about. I mean, we'll get to it, but the fucking fantasy island stuff where they like stay true to the show, wild. Um, yeah, so this movie's like flooded with color again. We're on the island. It's like twenty minutes before the end of the movie. The whole like weird thing with the. Uh orange uh, soda yeah it's like they all love orange soda and they have no sense of direction <laughs> yeah so lol at the islanders they're worshiping patricia like the goddess that she is they're beating joe of like fish and cramming like, what bananas is the in purpose his face. of that whole sequence where it's, it's literal slapstick yeah it's just weird goofy 
Uh, he gets laughed at by a duck who's like sitting on the luggage, reminding us that Joe's baggage is still with him. You can't really get rid of that. Um, and again, the two guys on the ropes. <laughs> I don't know why it cracks me up. Uh, it's it, like very quickly you just races to the end. Yeah. Well, it's, it's they get to the island, they get a feast, and then it's like up to the volcano. And it's heavy handed too because they meet the chief, Chief Toby. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, what's that? Your teddy bear? And this is my soul. Oh, I hope you don't lose it. Yeah, me either. It's like, okay, put that in my thesis. Uh, again, the mask that the Waponi wear represents the evil, the, the, the evil spirits representing the company that Joe worked for. Um, and there's like little nuggets. Oh, have we explained why he's doing this? Um, so the theoretical plot here is that the Waponi Woo's island is the only source in the world, like, you know, like good source of some material that's used in superconductors and Lloyd Bridges character. He needs this, but they don't want to give it to him. The Waponi Woo. And so he's trying to think of something to trade with them. And what mm-hmm. they will trade is that like every hundred years, somebody needs to, of their own free will, jump into the volcano to like appease like the God of the volcano or whatever. Right. And it's been 99 years and like 11 months or something like that. And no one has wanted to jump in. So if Lloyd Bridges can find a guy to go be a hero and jump in this volcano for the Waponi Woo, because none of them want to do it, then they'll give him like mineral rights so he can, you know, strip mine and destroy the island basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not raised to be heroes anymore. Yeah. As the chief says, we are the children of children. We live as we are shown. Um, it's also the plot of Midsummer. No, I'm kidding. It's not. Um, so the crooked road also leads up to the volcano. Uh-huh. Uh, Suddenly, Patricia announces that she's in love with Joe. Well, there's, there's a fine line there where he's, there, Joe's like, is there a ceremony or anything? And he's just like, no, you just jump in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we got to move this. We got to, you know, we're at an hour and 30 minutes, right? It's time to wrap this up. <laughs> he's in the tux. She's wearing a white dress. So they get married by the chief because they're in love with each other. Suddenly, yeah. yeah she Which, teases him about facing like commitment. This, this happened a seconds. lot more in older movies where two characters have very limited interaction and they're in love with each other. Well, I think it's like you just trusted. This is the male lead. This is the female lead. Obviously, they're, they're both attractive. Yeah. yeah. And then it's time to jump in the volcano, which they do. But like just as they do, they get blown out of it. It's like where they... Too late was the volcano rejecting them. You know, is it just a happenstance that the eruption happened at just that time? And I mean, they would definitely be dead, but you know, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It'd be that like superheated steam would cook them when they'd fall like a thousand feet into the water and yeah, just the like impact into the explode ocean on yeah. would like turn their bones to jelly, um, which is not attractive. Uh-huh. But no, they're both fine. And then the luggage is there too. RIP the Waponi Woo, the whole island goes down. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. But I, I had completely forgotten about this ending. So going into like pressing play in this movie, I was just like, I'm pretty sure he jumps, but I don't remember what happens after that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always remembered that part. And then after they've reassembled their raft and they're, they're just back in the water, you know, by themselves. Where are they going to go? Just uh, away. beyond away from the things of man. Things of man. Yeah. And then she, he just happens to mention, well, you know, I'm still going to die because the uh, Dr. Ellison, blah, blah. And she's like, wait, Dr. Ellison, that's my father's doctor. Wait a minute, you fucking idiot. They conned you, you know, brain cloud. I mean, there's like a lot of on the note things, too, where both daughters quote what the dad says. People are, are asleep. They need to wake up. Yeah, it's 
I mean, it's fairy tale logic. It's dream logic. Yeah. It's it's cute. It's silly. It it's light. And then just pan up to the big giant moon, and that's your movie. And they all live happily ever after. That's amore. Yeah. Like, at what point did uh, one of them die, and then the other one eat them for food? By all means, what's your fan fiction there? Who right. dies first? I think he probably does because he would have uh, he would have been like cutting off fingers to feed her to keep her alive. Do you, you think know? Meg Ryan at some point is found and she's just like nah, 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 yes. nah, like like chomping on his calf like a? I, I think she's got the ass, you know. I feel like later Tom you know, Pope's Tom, nose. Later Tom Hanks' ass would like feed you more. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that was uh, the uh, Joe Worst Volcano. Any complaints? I mean, there's it's it's a dated movie. I don't know if that's the movie's fault. It needs to be of its time. To me, the 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 egregious thing that sticks out to me is just the Waponi Woo. Yeah, it's just it thinks it's getting away with something, but it's not. I don't want to criticize it too much. Besides that, the cultural aspect of it, if you could call it that, just because to me this feels like uh, like a writing sample. Or something you, yeah. would, you would put out, you know? like Yeah, it's kind of like, wow, they made the movie out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like he got an Oscar for uh, Moonstruck, and they're like, what do you want to do? You can do anything. <laughs> He's just like, here's my script. I mean, and yet I wonder, like, if it wasn't for this movie, would we have guys like Charlie Kaufman? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, make one change. I don't know what you do with Waponi Woo. I don't know how you fix that. Um you have to change the locale. Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird, goofy movie that, like, I don't know how you bring in, like, a primitive tribe, yeah. you know, and not have it be offensive, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and it's, like, the way they do it, it's, like, basically, like, Krippendorf's tribe. It's, like, it's fake and made up or whatever, you know? That's the Richard Dreyfus. Yes. I don't know if it's actually offensive to people, but the possibility that it could be is enough with the Waponi Woo. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I can't speak for, you know, people in the Pacific Islands, but it, to me, it feels like they're making fun of those cultures, like, broadly without being specific about it. You know? But, like, they've built in this uh, get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Know? All right, let's do our power rankings. I got 11. Oh, wow, well, I've got 10. Okay, well, my 11 is Abe Pagoda as uh, the chief. <laughs> Abe Pagoda somehow actually isn't on my list. <laughs> so I he guess- just, He's just like, man, he didn't phone that thing in. He like talked into a uh, paper cup tied to a string on that thing. I think that's Abe Pagoda's whole affect, though. I mean, Abe Pagoda is one of those people that I would hear about like on Seinfeld and things, and it's like, this is a guy who's like, I, I always wondered, like, do people know about him outside of New York? Uh-huh, yeah. Like Friars Club roasts. Uh, my number 10 is Dagmar. Because Amanda Plummer freaks me out. My number 10 as well. Excellent. Uh, number nine is Frank Waturi. Dan Hedaya. <laughs> I'm not arguing this with you. I know he can get the job, but can he do the job? He can get on my power rankings, but can he do my power rankings? My number nine was uh, Lloyd Bridges' character, Grainamore. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I just I feel like I don't know what's right for that character, but he seemed a little too goofy to me. I guess he's supposed to be the devil. 
I mean, I kept waiting for like the reveal that he also owns American Panoscope. Yeah, really. Um, my number eight is Dr. Ellison. Mine as well. <laughs> this will be fun. Good job, Robert Stack. Yeah. I wonder if our number sevens are the same. They're probably not. Probably not. My number seven is Dee Dee. No. I had the steamer trunks at number seven. The trunks themselves. Yeah, they really came through in the clutch. They sure did. They sure did. I mean, Dee Dee's, Dee Dee's adorable. Like, she's going to, you know, if she can. Oh, you're going to be mad about my rankings. I can tell now. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Dee Dee, like, Dee Dee's 100% a person you will meet. You will meet somebody in that exact same life circumstances. Uh, my number six is the actor's name is Barry McGovern. He's the luggage salesman. <laughs> That's very interesting from a luggage perspective. Uh, I had Angelica at number six. I am mad about your rankings. You're <laughs> correct. I don't know what I need to do to like sell you on Angelica. I guess I should. I should keep her all to myself. My number five is... Uh, and I will admit this is partially because I just I, it was great to see the actor and I kind of forgot he was in the Samuel Harvey Grain more. As who? Lloyd Bridges. Oh, okay. Um, just he's so weird. He just shows up. He's immediately bizarre and puckish. Yeah, I don't know. It's a fucking plot going finally. <laughs> my number five was Mr. Rituri, Dan Hedaya. Okay. Uh, my number four is Marshall, the driver, played by Ossie Davis. Me as well. <laughs> well, now this gets really interesting. My number three is Angelica because uh-huh. she's a flirty gibbet. I'm a flirty gibbet. The fact that the, I always love a character who their first line is like, daddy says you shouldn't trust me. <laughs> or it's like, don't tell me anything about your mission because I'm completely untrustworthy. I'm a flirty gibbet. <laughs> Which is going to be stuck. Oh, I don't know what it now. says about me because I have Dee Dee at number three. Wow. Interesting. Why? Were you feel, did you feel like drawn to Dee Dee? She's got a certain mousy quality to her that I'm into. Okay. More so than Angelica? I guess so, yeah. Wow. I feel like I will never be bored of Angelica. And yeah. at least one third of the time, she will never be what I expect. Uh, well, this gets really odd. Uh, number two is Patricia. Okay. I've got Joe at number two. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of back and forth. My number one, obviously, is Joe. I feel uh, like Patricia, Meg Ryan's, you know, just personal charisma and charm shines through once yeah. they give her a little bit of meat. Yeah. And I feel like Joe never quite gets there with me. I think Joe He's is always just being kind of goofy. Joe is supposed to be the cipher we kind of experience this all through. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Would you recommend this movie? I would, but it's tough. I mean, it'd have to be based on like a conversation with somebody and I get a sense that they would like it. I, I just wouldn't hold cloth. I don't think I wouldn't go just like watch this by myself, I guess, you know, at the same watch time, someone. at the same time, maybe I could see this being a movie where you could really get something out of watching it by yourself. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about fantasy Island now. The, uh, 2020, that's not a remake. I don't know. An adaptation of a TV show. Reboot, maybe? Mm, I don't know if you call it a reboot, but yeah. Anyways, Fantasy Island starring Lucy Hale, Portia Doubleday, Michael Pena, uh, Maggie Q, Ryan Hansen, Jimmy Young Yang, and a block of wood. Fucking Michael Rooker. So, spoiler alert, as if it's possible to spoil such things. Uh, I think this movie's I don't know. What is it? Is it like 5% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes or something? Yeah. Let me take a look. I know a friend of the pod, Caitlin, liked this movie, but 
I could see the things that it's she a liked. 9%. I could see the things that she liked. Yeah, I just wish there were, the script was there. And I, I could see why she would recommend it to us. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we went to see it for Lucy Hale. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I assume you've not watched Katie Keene. I watched most of the pilot. I do not think I will finish it because I do not think I like it. I know I was, I was speaking of Caitlin, I was listening to the Riverdale register and she mentioned like the, uh, the love interest guy. K.O. was like the worst thing about it. Cause he's just like the most boring fucking he's block of wood in the world. Boring. And it's like, yeah, I kind of got that from the trailer. So I guess my instincts were correct. You know, I have a feeling he's going to like, where did I leave? I'm like, I'm like 15 minutes from the end, but I feel like he's going to do something insane. Cause he's going to try to get her, to move with him. The the Riverdale dude seems to like starting TV shows with relationships already happening. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't like those never work well. I mean, that's no. also what didn't work about the perfectionist and the, uh, the Sydney park, uh, like British dude relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, the, cause you don't care about it. Like you need to see these people have their meet cute and like get together. Like you need to be invested in that. When two characters are already together, it's like, who gives a shit? Well, you know? let's, let's just pause talk about Katie King for a moment here. Yeah. Um, based on me not finishing the pilot, sure. I don't think I ever will. Uh, so Josie shows up. She's shown to be the greatest singer of all time. Uh-huh. She is busking in Central Park for like two minutes. And some guy who's like the superstar producer of the world is just like, fuck, you've got to get a record deal. And then we're going to make out. Um, Katie King is it Ryan Smith. I don't know. That's actors. a joke. Oh, okay. Um, That's his name, right? Who's Ryan? Smith? No, Ryan Adams. Sorry. I, I butchered that joke. Oh. Yeah. No, it's not Ryan Adams. Thank fuck. Many more just killed him, I hope. Um, yeah, like Katie Keene is like a super personal shopper who like stays up all night making her own super Lucy Hale-esque clothes. Like like these like coat capes. I guess if you're into fashion, that'll... So, That'll water your crops. The first thing where I was like, this is probably not a show for me is at one point she says to a friend, sorry, this is a fashion emergency. And I was like, I will never relate to this show. She meets her. (laughs) Perhaps not for us. Yeah, yeah, perhaps not from us. Um, She meets up with her friend and it's like, oh, this friend is the most. I think she's touted as the most influential person that you ever meet in New York. She's like, like written for all these. Wise no, just in general. She's okay. written a bunch of articles. She's did some influencer. documentaries a year ago. She's like Is this the blonde girl, the blonde girl um, who's a Canadian actress. Who I, I knew did one episode of uh, Shit's Creek, but I can't remember what else she's done. Um, and it's just like, who the fuck are these people who were like, were presented as these people should be discovered. They're super famous. Amazing. And yet it's like, I, I think that in general, the whole, I fucking hated it. <laughs> the whole idea of, being young and wanting to go make it in the big city that just like does not appeal to me in the slightest. Like, do you remember that how to make it in America show? I remember it, it being a thing that it was, it was about, like, it wasn't about jeans, but yeah, it was like, you know, you're making it in the big city or whatever. Like it just, I'm so completely uninterested in that narrative, like entirely. Yeah. So, well, but it's like, it's one of those, uh, I don't know, what do you call those New York apartments where all the rooms are connected because it's not meant to be an apartment? Like a French farce. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so it's like the living room, which was like where Katie had her uh, her uh, sewing machine. It's where like Josie's going to move into because she's the new roommate. They all live together. And then it's like Josie's like living on the pullout couch, but it's like right next to Katie's bedroom where she seemingly is like having insane sex with her stupid bouncer boyfriend. I, I just... It's a boxer named KO. Yeah, I Oof. 
I love Lucy Hale, and I don't mind a show when they want Lucy Hale to be super bubbly. This is going to tie into Fantasy Island. Yeah. When they want her to be super bubbly and happy and peppy, which is life sentence. Like that was what the character was. She needs to find an agent who doesn't pitch those qualities because she has a lot more range than that. Well, but I think the the sad thing is, as far as like Lucy Hale goes, I appreciate Fantasy Island more than I appreciate Katie Keene. It gives her a little more to do. Yeah. yeah it's like it shows her some fucking range. She's like thirsty as fuck at the start of the movie. She's like the cad but the, and the lead. The writing is so bad. And then Fantasy spoiler, she's the villain. Ish. Yeah. 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 I just the writing is so bad in Fantasy Island. Like she is kind of like the kind of obnoxious, hateable character yeah. at the start of the movie who's yeah. just like like she even like when she gets there, she's like, Well, this doesn't suck. You know, and she's like kind of like snarky and rude to everyone. And I don't know. It's just, ah, uh, Lucy, like I, I just, somebody put better scripts in her hand or something. Like, I don't know why. This is like a waste of her talents. It's the same guy who directed True for Dare. Yeah. I don't know. who Who's that guy stealing directorial jobs from? Yeah. Even more oddity. We saw the trailer for it. The Spiral movie. Who needs that? Nobody needs it. Also, I don't think Chris Rock. I mean, the Fargo trailer looks fine. Like, I I get that he oh, is can. He in Fargo? He's in the new season of Fargo. Okay. I get that he can do drama, but you're watching this trailer thinking this is going to be a comedy, right? I'd rather watch him in a Fargo-ish drama than a Saw drama. But I mean, did you ever did did you have this like disconnect where you're like, this isn't funny? Like, as you're watching the trailer, well, I, I think I knew that that was Saw, and okay. so I was like prepared for it. Yeah, okay. But yeah, Fantasy Island, Lucy. Uh, uh, how the people are miscast. I, I, Michael Pena is all wrong. I could see a theoretical version of Lucy's character that like she could really go for it, but the script just isn't there for her. No, like you can tell she wants to go for it. She's got blood smeared over half her face at some point, and it's just like, okay, you've got the look. You know, like you're there, like visually, go for it, but like the script isn't there at all for just her. her character is for all the people who like your your deepest desire was for Arya to be a yeah in PLL. But but there's not enough like you know if Joseph Doherty or Marlon King or somebody had written this script they would have like given her some fastballs yeah, you know yeah yeah well and it's like the tone is completely blown out because you don't know what the hell's going on halftime with Ryan Hansen and Jimmy O Yang they're in like a different movie they're in a completely different movie I I think I've had enough of Jimmy O Yang as like hi I'm I'm like the goofy little guy who likes pot. Like that seems to be like his his lane. What else have you seen him in? I, I feel like he was like the same character almost in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I guess so. Like even crazier. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he's 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 like the villain of Silicon Valley. Ultimately. Oh, is he in that? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he's much more. He's much more played up for like a Chinese stereotype. Like he's doing like a very Chinese accent. Um, him and Ryan Hansen the whole thing where they're just like high-fiving constantly and yeah. they're like super bro It was just like, it was just so bizarre. Like he could. I have a lot of questions about the pool at the uh, thing where they were partying. Yeah. Like the weird hover water guy. Is are those thing. people all real or are well, they all... that's nuts. The guy who's just doing like jet ski flips in the pool. Like that's how you kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You think that'd be a good way to like break your neck there text from Akimo oh, yeah that's a blast from the passer um what struck me most was that like 
it's like okay it's this concept of you go to this island it gives you your fantasy but it's you know it's you like may not want it yeah monkey's paw situation or whatever and it's like hmm seems like it would be a good tv show maybe you know like which is not the plot and, of fantasy island the show it isn't no not 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 exactly okay but i, I could see a tv show like that but instead it's like they're, we're trying to do four different fantasies at once yeah. and then maybe more and like it's just kind of like you know this would probably would have just worked better as one thing you know also the whole affect of blumhouse i really hate their title cards or it's just like blumhouse's fantasy island i really fucking hate that because it's not like your marvel movies i mean i guess they can universe. claim that it, it feels very vain to me i guess they could say it's marketing because i don't know like the blumhouse you know production no, is popular but. some of this stuff i don't know if i'd be that proud of um I mean, you can tell that the the reveal of the one guy's wife, that's... That's incredibly telegraph. obvious from the beginning, yeah. I guess I briefly thought Portia Doubleday would be the secret villain before I thought Lucy Hale would. I guess I was never interested enough to care if there was a secret villain or not. Yeah, yeah. Because it was all just so kind of random, like fucking Michael Rooker, his stupid ass is in this movie, until he like randomly dies in a hilarious way. yeah. Fucking Kim Coates. I'm trying to remember who the guy who played the dude who plays like the main guy is such a fucking boring block of wood through the whole movie. I hate that character so much. He is terrible. He is he's terrible. awful. His his like fantasy is like I want to be an army guy, and at one point he's just like, "All right, let's do some Call of Duty." And it's just like, "Fuck you!" I hope you die immediately. Yeah. Um. So that's like, what makes- of all the possible fantasies you could have. Oh, I just want to, you know, get into the shit a little bit. Well, because he wants to cosplay as his dead dad. Yeah. Um, what a boring ass fantasy. But the 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 most comedic moment is uh, out of nowhere. Lucy Hale just starts like like thirstily like throwing herself at this guy, and it's funny because he's just making these like dumb altar boy like like scandalized faces. For a while, faces. I like, thought I thought they were gonna do like he's actually gay or something because like yeah. he's just like not interested or yeah yeah. Not interested in Lucy Hale. I mean, she looks fucking fantastic in this movie too. There she is, looks amazing. She's wasted in this movie. There is a straight up like ass shot in the jeans at one point where the camera is just like almost in her ass. Um, and I, I'm fascinated by Maggie Q. She's just kind of like, don't tell me I'm not the star of the movie. Like she's almost like there think, is a little bit of like whose movie is this? Yeah, yeah. Because it kind of feels like it's Lucy's. And then, like, it kind of feels like it's stupid-ass army guys for a little bit. Yeah. And then there's Maggie Q. Yeah. I feel like Maggie Q is just, like, as far as I'm concerned, this is my movie. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, it's, like, there was bits of the score that sounded straight up like they were st- taken from Lost. There's, like, the whole crystal at the heart of the island. It was so stupid. Yeah. Um, and then I was just dreading the ending where he, when Jimmy O. Yang becomes the new tattoo. Oh, God. Because there was a it- lot of, like, people saying, like, the plane the plane there's a lot of setting up they he doesn't like to be called t that was like his nickname or something like ryan hansen keeps trying to trying to call him t and he's oh, like his, no his, call me Vrax or something his actual name is brax yeah which is not a but name he got a tattoo of tattoo yeah the word tattoo joke. yeah which also ryan hansen i'm pretty sure he's like 40 like i feel like i don't know it was it was weird to see him playing basically ah. dick casablancas again 38 30, what, yeah. what has Ryan Hansen ever not played besides? Dick I guess Casablanca. I just wanted to see like a little bit of an older Dick Casablancas, you know, like he's he's playing him like like Dick Casablancas from like season three of Veronica Mars or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just I think Michael Pena's all wrong 
No, he's role. he's completely miscast in the role. I mean, I I respect. It's like we had a prominent like uh, Latinx actor in the role. Like let's let's find somebody. Michael Pena makes no sense as Mr. Rourke because he's also, he's, he's saying fantasy wrong, like weird. Well, fantasy. He, in general, the roles he plays, he's like a fairly likable personality. Yeah, yeah. But they have him playing this kind of like shady villainous guy in this, and it just yeah, it's like it just doesn't work. You know, it's like hey, it's it's everyone's favorite Michael Pena, but he's just being like weird and kind of aloof and dickish. You know, every guest gets their fantasy. Yeah. It's like you're not talking like that the rest of the time. Stop saying it that way. And his like dilemma, we find out eventually, is that his and I, I predicted this as soon as he said it. He's like, "Oh, I, my fantasy is I wanted uh, my wife to be here, like you know, the exactly same as, as I met her, same as the day I met her, or something like that." You know, and so it's like she basically like, and she's got some sort of like lady cancer, so she's like dying like immediately, pretty much constantly. Mm. So and so he the dread lady cancer. He just treats her like a his staff like assistant or something like that he's friend zoned himself yeah and it's like is that are you really holding on to that that hard you know it's like clearly your your wife is like in this weird state of unending torture where she's keeping like reincarnated only to get sick and die over and over again like here's my I dream think you can let that go my dream is to resurrect my dead wife and then make her work for me yeah um, but also it brings back the uh, the game question. It's like you're telling me that a Michael Pena pulled her. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe after Ant Man too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, is he funny? I guess. Um, there's a pretty good joke though, Lucy Hale. With the, her whole motivation for being evil is because she went on one date with somebody who got killed. That joke is like it. Like it landed with the audience like two seconds after it was said, just yeah. because the delivery was yeah. so. Random that and killed. weird. Yeah. That should have killed in a movie that only has four jokes. <sighs> I mean, is it the worst movie I've ever seen? No, but this this could have been something. There's definitely like it could have been ten minutes shorter at least. Like it, it goes on a little too long at the end. The fucking randomly the dude dies at the end, the stupid army guy. They're just like, yeah, he actually died to be a hero. Whatever, yeah. nobody cares. Portia Doubleday is still around though. Her yeah. life is fucked. Her life is fucked. She's going back to nothing. Also, I mean, the movie, it takes riffs on uh, um, Annihilation. There's the whole bit where Portia Double encounters herself. But why? But why? Yeah. It takes riffs on Solaris because what even is Ryan Hansen at the end of this movie? Uh He's not a real human being. The fuck are you letting this thing go back to the mainland for? Um, well, he's just this like is why Jack died in the lost, and like freaks. waves out the window and it's just like and they just go like yeah but he like, he's, has superhuman knowledge oh I know he's not getting on the plane he says and it's like you're an alien <laughs> kill the single fire like that plane should not land back in the mainland they should crash over the ocean this movie should have been a TV show they like just go make a new fantasy island TV show and make it more Honestly, kind of a horror this thing. script CW there you go. I just I don't know why we're trying to combine so many different characters. Different cast. Just do one at a time, you know? Half the cast, but I would get rid of fucking Michael Rooker's a joke to me. Oh, you know how I feel about Michael Rooker. I'm assuming it's not positive. I, he's one of those actors I just don't like, like Walking Phoenix. And Amanda Plummer. I mean, she's not on that level. I think I like Michael Rooker more than I like Walking Phoenix. I've never, I think ever since Mallrats, Michael Rooker's all has just made my skin crawl. Yeah. 
ooh after he eats those chocolates. Yeah. 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 Can't can't not see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. The way pictures, he dies, he just randomly like charges this like zombie doctor torture guy and like they just like splat off a cliff like a hundred feet hilarious. down and you're just like okay i guess like he's dead a shot now. of like two dummies yeah. being thrown off a cliff well it's like uh, it's it, people just keep coming back and so it's like does that count is he really dead i don't know there's like an effect that's like legitimately gross where people's eyes turn black and then like squirt out of their sockets yeah um fortune character is named sloan madison that's not a real name uh, at least he's Melanie, right? Melanie Cole. Yeah. Oh, Lucy. People got paid to make this movie. I'm just fascinated that they were recording a commentary for this the other day. What the fuck is that like? With like huge all cast. The, yeah. yeah huge. Of all the movies to get like the massive commentary. Yeah. Can't get one fucking cast member on any of the Star Wars commentaries, but. Uh, well, I don't think the cast is coming anywhere near a Rise of Skywalker commentary. <laughs> Stab me in the heart. Yeah. You could you could have imagined a world where the Rise of Skywalker wasn't a complete piece of shit, and like maybe get JJ and Ryan on each other's movies for commentary. Wouldn't oh, that be, be interesting? Yeah, you that'd know? be fun. That's not going to happen. No, I I feel like JJ Abrams hates how much people like Ryan Johnson. I kind of wonder if JJ Abrams. I know he's got like that big. Is it WB deal? It's Warner. Yeah. I kind of wonder if he's going to try to squirt out like a little standalone movie to try to. I guess the rumor, you know, allegedly and whatnot, is that he was hired kind of over the wishes of Lucasfilm. Right. They wanted because Ryan they back. wanted they wanted to not only like you know have the safe hand with JJ, but like they wanted to kind of court him because they wanted to sign Bad Robot, like because you know that was like a big thing. Yeah, like yeah. their like contract was up with Paramount, so like all all the the big companies were going after Bad Robot, and Disney wanted them. And so that was why it was like, JJ, you have carte blanche, you know, was to try to entice him. I mean, I've seen the rumors that were like, after he made the deal of WB, Disney was like, we're going to tank Rise of Skywalker. So you're toxic. It's like, no, that's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. But yeah, apparently Kathleen Kennedy, she wanted Ryan Johnson back. Iger refused. JJ was the compromise, you know. Who even knows? But yeah, I just can't believe that that is like a real movie that they released. Anyways, I don't want to complain about that anymore. Fancy Island. Looking forward to Knives Out 2. Lucy Hale in Knives Out 2. Oh my god, that'd be great. I just, I want somebody to give her a role that uh, makes use of her acting talent in more than just, oh, she can be bubbly and and snarky, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I I mean, I'm all for like the bubbly aspect and playing with that, because she's definitely like a little bit of her life sentence character. She's a little bit of like nasty Aria. And then she's like mustache twirling villain, but it's like, it just, it's, it's not her totality. You want some material that's going to push her. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So if she was Benoit Blanks, new sidekick, you are the hole inside of the donut. I would be all for it. We definitely do need to do nice out soon. I wonder if how much I could keep Benoit Blanks voice just compared to uh, Christian Bale and, I suspect foul play. If this was a podcast, just lost. <laughs> oh God, I watched like an hour and a half of that movie. It was so fucking boring. I can't believe that movie is the best picture nominee. 
I, I don't know how that got nominated over Knives Out. I'm just like, what the fuck? I don't think I'm going to go back. Cause what did we watch? Like a half an hour of that one night? Yeah, it it doesn't get any more interesting. Yeah, It's so long and slow. and Yeah. I wish, I mean, the movie should have more fun with like the fucking weird faces Christian Bale makes at people when other people are talking. But whatever. So Fantasy Island's a movie. Would you recommend that? I don't know if I could in good conscience recommend that movie. If you can, if you have like AMC A list or one of those like you know like you know movie subscription things where you can go to see a movie for free, maybe then. I don't think I would recommend going to see it in the theater, but like if it's something where you can get it cheaply with friends when it comes on home video, I don't know. Have a few drinks, especially if you are familiar with Lucy Hale's work. Oh, and it, at least to me, it seems like the movie was only ever alive when it was like the Lucy Hale Porsche Doubleday show. Yeah. And it's like, why can't this just be them in a horror movie? Yeah, yeah. Like, just fucking ditch these other people, especially that block of wood who just wants to be an army guy. God, that guy sucks so much. Is that Mike Vogel as his dad? I have no idea who that guy is. Character's name was like Patrick or something. Yeah, Patrick was the main guy. It's a 9% with a 48% audience score. Wow, it only has 44 reviews, which means they must have like held it back for critics or something. I mean, is there any value to letting critics see this? No, there is not. I don't know who plays the dad. I thought it was the, the guy from... The, the dad? The, yeah, the, the oh, army oh, dad. Oh, yeah, that guy sucked too. But I thought, but but let me ask you a question though. Wouldn't that guy have been better as the main army cosplayer guy? I think we're supposed to think that the main guy is like hunky or something. I think that was his role. No. Yeah, but I mean that's what he's supposed to be. It's like you've got the two bros, you've got the kind of Maggie Q, kind of more like you know elegant, you know beauty. You've got Lucy Hale, like the kind of like young party girl, and then like the like the hunky guy, you know. Like, just imagine if even, like, uh, Maggie Q's kind of husband was the army guy. Anybody. Fuck. I like the uh, the daughter just, like, bashing the dad's yeah. head in the yeah. rock. That was nice. Yeah. It was just so insubstantial. Yeah. I mean, but it just it automatically brings up all these weird questions when it's like she was able to go relive this date that she went on with him where, where she had said no to the marriage proposal. And then they presumably go have sex. And then when the next morning, it's now present day. What would that have been like if, if she'd said yes? And they have a daughter and they're on Fantasy Island. And it's like, well, can they leave the island? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's just like they they hint that a lot of people just have like the basic sex fantasies, you know? And so it's yeah. like, okay. But like, I guess Lucy Hale is like really prepared for her fantasy. But she has like a lot of details. She's like, I want all this other shit to happen. But then secretly this is happening behind the scenes and it's all going to lead to this. But it's it's automatically like, here's your reveal. Now I have a shit ton of logistical questions. Yeah. Did did she have like multi-part plans for all of their fantasies? They never, they never really truly unleash her mania. Because it's implied She's that just they, like kind of snarky evil. Like she's never yeah. just like just kind of goes for it completely. Like it's implied that they they all have to have a fantasy, but her fantasy is overarching. Yeah, her fantasy is like manipulating all their fantasies 
and and causing them all to happen. Which, if you had just pulled that sentence alone out and told me that was the movie where Lucy Hale's fantasies is to manipulate other people's fantasies, sign me the fuck up. I want all that you can give me. But uh, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it when I'm watching it, but now I'm exhausted just thinking about the logic of it. I would still say Charlie's Angels was more fun to watch. Oh, definitely, yeah. Charlie's Angels was inspiredly weird and and kind of insane. Birds of Prey was better than this. The, this was not insane. It was just dull and kind of like yeah. lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bad retread of like a similar type of movie made in the 80s. Did you ever see that movie April Fool's Day? A long time ago once, it's, I think. It's yeah. dumb, but it's fun. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's enough of fantasy. Anyway, well... That's podcast. Uh, so what are we watching next? Do you want to do Knives Out next? I believe it's your choice, right? I think it is, yeah. All right. I mean, personally, I would say I feel like we should wait a couple months, but I mean, again, it's a It's out on video. I mean. All right, let's do it. Let's do it, yeah. So another month we'll do Knives Out. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one to pick moments for. I've got a few already. I've got like 10. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.